Welcome to Niners Talk with John, Tim, and Brian. Let's talk Niners. How can six of you miss a play like that, huh? What is up, Niners Nation? It is Victory Tuesday once again, second week in a row. Sunday, Sunday, Sunday. Tim, how are you feeling? I'm always waiting for it. Your your intro is like the Simpsons intro. I'm always just seeing what nuances you're going to put into that will make the podcast unique. And we just okay. got it. Sunday, I'm Sunday, glad. Sunday. So how am I feeling? Well, Niners, seven and three. They won. Uh, they won a little bit ugly at the end, but uh, they are sitting atop the NFC West. Still two games back from the Eagles. And a game back of the Lions uh, in the race for the top seeds in the NFC, excuse me, in the NFC playoffs. And we have got a huge game coming up this Thursday night, Thanksgiving night, against the always tough, formidable Seattle Seahawks in Seattle, which is one of the toughest venues to play in in the NFL. But Niners are coming off a victory over, what's a, a decent Bucks team. Uh, Baker Mayfield, I thought, played far better than I had anticipated. And defense coming up with a few plays, a little bit of a luster off the win. And Hufanga, who unfortunately tore his ACL and he is out for the year. But uh, that is football. And Brown stepped up. And now we are going to prepare for the Run to the playoffs after a 49-27-14 victory over the Buccaneers, and it is on to Seattle. But let's pass it over to Brian. Yeah, Brian, Seahawks week, man. How you feeling? I'm um, feeling good. It was it was a great game to watch on TV. Um, great seeing the defense kind of come out get get some get some picks, some turnovers uh, their way. The passing game looks strong as ever. Yeah, it was just a great overall game to watch on TV. And as Tim said, you know, not perfect, but, you know, they got it done. And that's pretty formidable. Also was excited to see our favorite uh, opponent this week lose against the Rams. So that was always exciting to watch. Uh, a last minute field goal. So we missed ours this year. The Ra- I'm sorry, the uh, Seahawks missed theirs too. So no, it was great. It was great. It was a great day overall. It's great to be here on Victory Tuesday to move forward. Yeah, so for all of those who are turning in, we're three obsessed Niners fans. We get together weekly to talk uh, football and Niners. This week, we're going to welcome our Seahawks fan, Chris Grothkop. But if you've got a moment, uh, leave us a review, give us a like, uh, follow us on Apple or on Spotify. Uh, but yeah, it's it's Seahawks week. Unfortunately, the Eagles did actually pull one out last night against the chiefs and really really good game i think if Um, taylor swift had if taylor swift had been there i think chiefs would have won let's just put that out there it is if if the guy had caught the ball at the end (laughs) well that too details details so so in catching up one of the bets that we had from last week was bosa or young would plant the flag and Apparently now Bosa and Baker are, are friends. But when Chase Young sacked Baker, I'm like, do it. <laughs> but he did not. So it's my OU Manhattan and Arizona when we do our little Niners talk road trip. But 
Beyond that, Brian, what do you think of the game? What were your overall impressions? Uh, I think the game just was was great. Um, uh, I'm sorry, I was bouncing. I was thinking about the Seattle. I'm sorry, the uh, Kansas City Eagles game last night. So, mm-hmm. um, yeah, that that Scaldez, but Badling, um, that that missed throw, that 51 yarder. I thought um, I had a flashback um, when you were talking about the John to the Jimmy G. No, pass. that's no. what I was thinking. No, hey, it was deep. <laughs> no. No, don't. Why are you going there? This is a positive day of podcasting. <laughs> well, I was trying to think in my head, which was a more catchable throw. The Jimmy G mm-hmm. to Manuel Sanders. No, the one that or, Mahomes threw last night. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm, I'm not why talking about the Rich, Why don't we talk about Richard Sherman tipping the ball? Wait, uh, we get to talk about that later. <laughs> so. Right. You know, going, back, right. to, going cool. back to the game overall. Yes, they, the game yeah. was great yesterday. I love, or on Sunday, it was just great seeing Ayuk. He had that, he had a couple, um, he had, he had an all game. yards. Um, yeah. Kittle had a great game. CMC got back into the end zone. So just the you know, offense overall was humming. And then even Elijah Mitchell got in there and got, got a, yeah. some critical, got some critical yards. So overall, they look good. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I I felt like uh, this game was one where the 49ers, you just felt like at some point they're going to separate or this they were on the verge of separating several times. And particularly when Kittle caught touchdown uh, in the third quarter, I think they went up at that point. It was 27 to 7. uh, And you just thought it's knockout time. But the Buccaneers, to their credit, they fought back. And even though... They never got in with a one score. They were, the Niners offense, I think two things. Number one is that Baker Mayfield played a great game. We got to give credit where credit is due. He was accurate. He was being pressured, but he was throwing good balls. He threw a couple of balls that frankly should have been touchdowns. And to the Niners fortune and to the Bucks misfortune, uh, some bobbles uh, and some knockaways. But the 49er offense got a little sloppy at the end, so they weren't able to deliver that knockout punch. I think they could have had, but as John and I, you were talking, like, you know, sometimes, you know, winning a little bit ugly isn't the worst thing in the world. The 49ers had dropped some games where they were trying to win at the end, trying to win ugly, and giving them a little adversity at the end, you know, isn't always a bad thing. But, um, you know, you take the win, I mean, and... Of course, we're going to talk about this, but I mean, Brock Purdy's quarterback rating, I, I, I don't know why we continue to, why people continue to talk that he is some sort of a fraud. I think the 49ers hit Powerball with Brock Purdy in the draft. Oh, yeah. I thought the game was workmanlike. I think it's the, kind of the best way I would put it. The Niners were obviously favored to win. It would have been a huge upset if they, if they hadn't. They did a good job on their defense of really bend but don't break. And Baker did, took advantage of that. I don't know how many times Baker threw an out route. Oh, that's just timing, a, that timing left to the right? Yeah. yeah. Just, and, you know, the Niners were you know, waiting for a mistake that never happened. You had like a 17-play drive at one point. Um, and then the offense looked looked really special. Um, right up until just about the end when they, they, they could have salted it away and they didn't. Uh, but those were the, I mean, the only nits, those are the things that if you're going to beat a team like the Seahawks or the Eagles or get into the playoffs, you got to salt teams away. So it's, it's good that they, they got the dub, but there are some places for improvement. So 
Now, going from there with our, our keys to victory is one, we got back home and we scored more than 17. And the Niners are very, very good at Levi's, which, you know, you know, hopefully means some home playoff games. And so far, if they can get 17 or more points, we have yet to see this year at track meet. Um, they're very hard to beat. Um, so Tim, any other, any other keys to victory that, that the Niners were able to execute on? Um, I think, you know, the turnovers, number one, we did not see any turnovers from the offense. They produced two from the bucks. They could have had, uh, they had shots at uh, a couple of more with some interceptions that, uh, I thought for sure, uh, were going to be picked off. And I know we'll get into that, uh, later, but other areas it's just um you know as you said john when they're on they're really on and i i do like the fact that shannon seems to be opening it up for their offense on first chat a little more uh mm -hmm. particularly with play action you see teams have loaded up against the run the five-man fronts the eight men in the box and when purdy does play action i think that opens up quite a bit in the 49ers playbook kittle it seems to be the recipient of those play action uh, passes but uh, that is keeping the defense on their heels. And I, I would suspect that we're going to see uh, a lot more of that. And it wouldn't surprise me that, you know, when you do see teams coming up with maybe more of a 5-2 alignment, that's when Shanahan is going to come back with more of a CMC ground game. So I think mm -hmm. he's adjusted. I think he's adjusted well from those three losses. Uh, he's putting, he's spreading the ball around a little bit more. I think having Debo back out there just to stretch the offense. I know that the... Um, I believe the first play of the game was um, was in a toss to Debo and uh, the 49ers. You know, granted, it only got, you know, I think he actually, I think he lost yards. But I think that, yards, gets, yeah. uh, that gets a, a defense thinking like, oh, they're going to do that. We have to account for that. They're going to spread out. That'll open up some spaces for uh, some others uh, there. So, John, I agree with you. You know, it was workmanlike. You know, it's not always going to be pretty imperfect in a, in a blowout, but uh Four Niners did did what they needed to do. The defense made the plays at the end, um, and they're sitting at seven and three. Which I think all of us, if you would ask at the beginning of the season, would you take seven and three going into late November? Of course we would. Yeah, Brian. Any other keys to victory that we had talked about last week that we were able to do? Yeah, well, we also talked as as Tim was just talking about the O line and the D line. So I think the O line played pretty well. I mean, they did. They did get 100 yards in rushing, so I think CMC had close to 80. Elijah Mitchell had over 20. So, mm -hmm. yeah, I think that opened up the lens for them. They could be doing a little better. I think, you know, CMC obviously is is capable of getting more. I think his yards per carry was, I don't know, maybe three or four. So it's not as explosive, I think, as we're used to seeing. But generally, I think they played fine. The D-line, you know, we expected them to step up too, but they also, you know, um, uh, Seattle, I'm sorry, Tampa's defense got in pretty, pretty good there in a couple of times. Yeah. So it, it caused uh, just more scrambling, I think, than you wanted to from Purdy. You know, you know, we don't like those scramble modes and, and, you know, there's got to be times, I think there was a couple of plays where Purdy was scrambling and then maybe he should have slid instead of going for it head first. But I think, you know, that's something that, you know, the coaches will probably work with him on. But uh, yeah, I think overall O-line and D-line. Probably could have played better, but enough to mm -hmm. win the game. So, yeah. yeah, that was, yeah. Another one we had was to stay healthy. And unfortunately, we did not get this key to victory. It was really sad to see a fungo go down. You could tell it was a non-contact injury. Just the way his knee buckled. 
Uh, from what I heard, though, it wasn't any meniscus tear. It was just an ACL yeah. tear, and you know, they, they were able to repair it, and he'll be back next year. Uh, it sucks for him because I think it was a contract year that he could have come up yeah. with. So, yeah, hopefully next year. I'm sure the Niners will pick pick up his, his fifth-year option, um, but, you know, that's going to get kicked down the road a year. And then, unfortunately, both starting guards are a little banged up. Uh, yeah. Burford has something on his knee, and Aaron Banks has turf toe. Um, Feliciano has done a pretty decent job filling in, so we will see what happens this week with the Seattle and the quick turnaround. Um, but yeah, I thought for the most part the Niners hit on on the on our, on our keys to victory, not straight across the board like they did with Dallas or, or Jacksonville, but enough to get the job done. But as we like to go, at, and this is uh, stars of the game. Brian, who is your star of the game? Well, I'm going to go with the receivers or the, the, the persons who got the ball. So I'm going to go first with Brandon Ayuk. I know I talked about him earlier, but 156 mm-hmm. yards, five, five catches. He had that big 76-yard um, reception um, where he basically just walked into the end zone. He took a good angle from the uh, Tampa defender. But he had a monster game. Um, I, I he just looked good. George Kittle, as as Tim was also saying, he is opening up more on the uh, uh, those middle routes, those uh, right at, right deep down the middle one um, on those uh, just a lot of those plays from Purdy. So he looked good. Mm-hmm. He had that touchdown. He did the double dab when he scored that touchdown. So no, he I'm going to give props to the receivers. They had a good game. Oh, and I got to throw CMC, even though he didn't rush in for a touchdown. He uh, he got that uh, receiving touchdown, so that's that that's where my stars game. And sorry, I picked three, but uh, I just no, felt that the, the receiving four right. it's, they deserved it all. So listen, yeah. I, I'm thankful that you picked three. I mean, we're in the spirit of giving, <laughs> so pick three. Be you know, get get get, get your grub on with yeah, get your grub on with your picking three. Uh, Tim, Tim you're, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm gonna go. Uh, I mean, I know who the obvious one. We all know the obvious one yeah. is going to be, but I'm gonna talk about Charvarius Ward. Um, and I, you know, I, I thought the guy had a great game. He had a couple pass breakups, one of which I thought was really key for Niners. They went in at halftime and they're leading 13 to 13 to seven. Uh, and the Bucks get the ball in the first half and you felt like they were starting, you know, they wanted to get into a little bit of a rhythm and on third and three Mayfield threw down the, the right sideline. He was trying to hit Palmer and Palmer has the ball literally in his hands which looked to be, it was going to be, mm-hmm. um, you know, a huge completion. Uh, I think a huge momentum swing over to Tampa. And Ward gets his hand in there after the ball, after he catches it for a moment and jars the ball loose. Yeah. yeah. And that was an enormous play because when you consider what happens next is that, you know, the Bucks punted and pinned the Niners uh, deep. And then I think two or three plays later, that's when Purdy hits IU for that 76-yard touchdown. So, you want to talk about just how momentum can swing on just a couple of uh, plays. But that play, I thought, was one of the key to the game. Uh, Ward just makes a great play. Uh, they stymied the, the Bucks' effort to get, you know, really get back into the game. And I felt at that point, when the Niners went up 20-7, to seven, that they were going to start to roll. Yeah, especially with that kind of quick strike. Yeah. Well, I have to be Mr. Obvious or Captain Obvious. <laughs> I'm going to go with Brock Purdy. I mean... Well, color first, me shocked. <laughs> yeah. First perfect quarterback rating since Montana in 89. And I was first to say it earlier in the podcast is that Brock's a little Montana-esque. So 
I thought that was fitting. He he played lights out. The the thing that really separates him from Jimmy G is the way he is able to put these throws over a layer of defense into a receiver who is traveling at full speed. And he keeps doing it again and again and again. And some of the throws, I'm like, you just see, they just kind of arc in there perfectly. Oh, there's Kittle, and then he catches it, and he's off to the races. Oh, there's Debo, he's off to the races. And it's really special when he sees to do it. And the other thing is, he just doesn't seem to have any fear of making a mistake. So, you know, he's down on the... 10 yard line, he uncorks and hits Ayuk for a 76 yarder. You know, last the week before in the Jacksonville game, he throws into a crowd and hits Ayuk. So just really playing at a at a really cerebral level. I'm kind of glad that all the prognosticators have him under the radar right now. And oh, Dak Prescott's the best pick. The only guy I see in the NFC who's who's Right up there with with Purdy is Jalen Hurts, and Jalen Hurts just finds ways to win, like he did last night against Kansas City. And of course, Mahomes is Mahomes. But from watching what Purdy is being able to do, he's really making a case as an elite quarterback right now. I mean, and he's this is year two, so we just you know yeah. hope that he's able to keep this this ball rolling. And, so. you know, I think there, there was, I mean, I, I know at the beginning of the season, we, we first started talking about, you know, what his potential could be. I voiced the opinion. Well, I, I voiced the possibility that he could have a sophomore slump, mm-hmm. uh, and he was going to come out and he was just going to sort of just kind of level off in terms of ability. And we've seen quarterbacks that, you know, who have had a great rookie, uh, year, uh, come, come back and just not be themselves, but he yeah. continues to impress. And I, and I know, you know, you, you're talking about, I just, I just want to read the statistics. I mean, Purdy, 21 to 25, 333 yards, three touchdowns. And he's also sacked four times in the game. And, yeah. you know, that, that tells me, and, and he was pressured on several more occasions, but that just shows you the kind of player he is. I mean, when you watch him on the field, there's no fear. He's looking downfield. He's going through his progressions. He's stepping up in the pocket. He's trying to. You know, see, hey, uh, what what can I do to make a play? And there was one in particular he threw to Ayuk in the first quarter where he was pressured, stepped up in the pocket, and hit Ayuk for an enormous game. And I think eventually less to the uh, 49ers uh, first touchdown. But you look at his just his overall just composure. There's no deer in the headlights. There's I, you know, hey, I I know where my receivers are. I'm waiting for him to break off and then to deliver the ball. Yep. Yeah. Cool. Brian, do you have any other stars of the game? Well, I was going to say, I'm leaning towards Jair Brown. I know you put that on the list here, John. Mm-hmm. So um, he he definitely stepped up. I know that once he got into the game, Tampa Tampa Bay was definitely going to target him right yeah. away. And you, you yeah, saw that. But... And he he gave up a couple first plays. I think there was one where he kind of, um, his, his angle on his body was a little off and he gave up a, a big play. I want to say it was to, I don't know, Auden or Evans. Um but I think after that he kind of stepped up. Um, he obviously had that had that pick that we're going to talk about later in the mm-hmm. game, and I think he had a he had like three or four passes deflected. So mm-hmm. um, you know, it's a loss that uh, Hufang is going to be out for the rest of the year. But uh, 
it was great to see, you know, the, obviously the mentality, quote unquote, next man up, he was there and he, he's probably been waiting in the wings, practicing like mad on the sidelines and in practices mm-hmm. and everything. And, uh, I was really happy for him that he showed up and he, he played, he played really well. Yeah. Yeah. I'll be interested in the upcoming games, obviously with Seattle coming up and then the Eagles. If the Niners do any kind of adjustments, because, you know, Hufunga is kind of all around, always around the line of scrimmage. And sometimes they play mm-hmm. cover two. And um, if they do anything, that's a little bit different where they do um, more single high safety with Gip and, and things like that. But I, I was really impressed. I mean, he came in, he played well, uh, you know, he had the pass breakups and he had, uh, and he, the good, the good thing is he's got a very wise veteran who'd be playing next to him in safety. I imagine Gip's got one or maybe this year and maybe next year, but you know, he and Hufunga can be a pair for a long time. So, you know, in addition to that, John, like, as we're talking about, you know, the corners and the safeties, like with with Ambry Thomas is really playing well at the other corner position. So mm-hmm. it's definitely, who did they move from Lenore over to, what is it, the the nickel? nickel. So, mm-hmm. yeah, so that whole safeties and corners, they're all really like shifting well together and kind of this new scheme. I don't know if it's uh, Wilkes coming down the sidelines, but I think kind of overall, they're all just kind of like gelling kind of at the right moment. And, you know, with Hufanga going out, I think it's definitely, you know, they're, they're definitely showing, you know, their true potential at this time. So, cool. Yeah. So, many other stars. I think we got to go with Fred Warner. The guy just, I mean, maybe it, for Fred, it's just like, hey, it's just another day at the office. But, uh, you know, again, key play, first quarter, Baker's getting, uh, Baker Mayfield's getting pressured. He's being sacked by, by Bosa, and Warner comes in, jars the ball loose. Nyer's got a key turnover in the first half. I was first to be first quarter, uh, which then, you know, eventually uh, leads to a Jake Moody uh, field goal. But, he had a couple passes uh, batted down. One, he came very close to intercepting, but the guy is just, he's all over the field. A um, couple of plays, uh, the one they tried to run a, uh, I think a jet sweep, and he just tracked it down for, you know, he just, he, he is so fast in that middle linebacker position from, from sideline to sideline, making that play. But, um, you know, again, he's having another all-pro season. Well, and Fred also, you can start to tell, like, especially in the fourth quarter, Fred was, we're going to win this game. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no, le- we're not letting these guys win. He does have that, that mentality. The other one, the last star of the game, uh, I do have to say, I thought Baker Mayfield probably played the best I've seen him play in a really long time. He was, you know, 29 of 45 for 246 at one TD, one interception, but he, he should have had more. There was a couple of drops in the end zone, uh, but he was the reason that that team was in it. Yeah, we talked about earlier. There's a, a ton of out routes. I give the Bucks credit for looking at the adjustments and just saying, "Hey, they're going to give it to us. Keep taking it. Keep taking it." You know, no one's going to break something. Um, and then, you know, when Brown came in and the Bucks were really on the ropes, and you know, he hits a that seam to Chris to Mike Evans. And then, boom, three plays. They've scored a touchdown. Like, okay, it's not over yet. Yeah. I want to text ball game to you guys, but I can't do it yet. <laughs> so, so yeah, kudos to Baker. I thought he, I thought he played, yeah. he played well. Yeah. And I think, I think the Buccaneers will win the NFC South. Uh, yeah, provided they that's, just don't do anything. That's anyone's division at this point. Yeah. 
except for the Panthers. So yeah, <laughs> it's the worst head coaching job in the known universe. Well, speaking of worst things, so, uh, it's not all sunshine, lollipops. It's, it's side time. It, uh, have you copyrighted that phrase? No, I haven't. It's, it's, lollipops and <laughs> it's not all sunshine, 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 sunshine and rainbows. Yeah. I thought you were talking sunshine about sunshine and rainbows, the lollipops. What is the phrase, Sean? It's not all sunshine and lollipops. Okay. But then I also said, yeah. now it's side time. Like, uh, uh, so I'm just curious when in your youth did you have a lollipop in the sunshine? Maybe a few times. It wasn't foggy all the time. <laughs> I don't remember you ever having a lollipop in the sunshine. Oh, anyway, I'm sure at some point I had a Tootsie Pop because somebody had a cat to the center of the stupid square. I got up to four in the um, sunshine now. <laughs> yeah. Yes. There's no sunshine in the summer in San Francisco, John. It's just, it's foggy. Or would you rather talk about the game? Uh, beyond that. <laughs> um, so, uh, so Tim, since you're so loquacious, yeah. um, <laughs> places you think the Niners can improve? I think I got to start with the O-line. The, I mean, uh, they allowed four sacks and, uh, I, I think, you know, they, the, the Buccaneers were getting pressure on them and there was a couple of, uh, I mean, Yaya Diaby had two sacks, one of which was, uh, just beating his man. The other one, it just looked like a miscommunication. Trent Williams, uh, was blocking down and just like I, either he was expecting help or there's some sort of a misalignment, but that's a concern. And I think, you know, more so with banks still being out, I, you know, I, I very doubtful, uh, that he'll play on Thursday. Uh, but Buford being out, that interior line is a question mark right now in terms of health. And, you know, are they going to be able to, um, to dominate the line of scrimmage, you know, as I think they'll need to against uh, Seattle. So they need to improve in that department. Okay. Brian. Uh, I kind of, uh, felt like the third down defense was, I was just always, I don't know the actual stats on this, but I think I want to say at one point. The the Bucks were really, I mean, maybe seven for fourteen. I gotta probably look up the stat, but I remember you were, you, that were at, the game. you were absolutely right. They were seven for fourteen. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and maybe I, I absorbed that watching the game. But they they I just felt like the Niners always seemed to give too much cushion to the receivers on on mm-hmm. third down, and they always it was either was a it was a, a comeback route or maybe some sort of out route that the Niners didn't have good position on. But they always seemed to give it up, and you know, fifty percent is probably not. Obviously, you want to get off the field uh, if you're the defense, but they always seem to be giving up some of these bigger plays. And that's kind of happened a little bit in the previous games, like to obviously to Minnesota. Bengals kind of killed us with that, but um, you know, you saw it again here. So that's kind of something I think they need to work on a little bit, just making sure that they can get off the field on third down. So, Yeah, and for me, and I've talked about this before, this has kind of been one of those things that's been Kyle Shanahan's Achilles heel. It's just closing games out. And I think I was thinking about this rather than, you know, thinking about work or my children or something like that. But, uh, you know, (laughs) I think generally it's like he gets away from being himself and being just keeping the foot on the gas. And it's like, dude, stop. Like, it seemed like in the Bucks thing, they just got down to this like ground and pound kind of offense when it's like, man, our offense was humming. Like, just keep doing that. And that's the thing that gets me a little bit concerned about closing out some of these games. It's like, don't get away from what's working. Just keep doing it. 
So hopefully we'll see that improve in the weeks ahead as we get closer and closer to playoff time. So, Tim, any other places you think the Niners can get a little bit better? Well, I mean, it's not for lack of trying, but they, I mean, I, when I went back and rewatched the game today, I saw three opportunities for interceptions that you know, either would have closed the game out early or just given the Niners another uh, scoring opportunity. I mean, Drake Greenlaw in the third quarter, uh, he just, he had it in his hands. Fred had an opportunity in the fourth quarter. Gibson, I thought, had the interception. The only problem was he ran into Charvarius <laughs> Ward on the play and dropped the ball. Yeah. You know, the ball ended up uh, coming out. So, you know, that that I think is just, you know, you have that many opportunities. And the four years did, you know, Fred forced a fumble, as I said, on Baker Mayfield in the first quarter. And then Brown gets a pick in the uh, in the fourth quarter. So they weren't able to get those key turnovers. It just, you saw like, oh, if we had gotten that, it could have been... You know, we could have we could have separated from the from the mm-hmm. Buccaneers. I think a little bit earlier there, but uh, I think sometimes the football gods are just going to say, "Nope, you're going to run into Charvarius Ward and drop the ball," and that's yeah. what happened in that case. So, yeah, I mean, all again, it's it's we've only had one perfect game this year where there was where it was sunshine and lollipop. So we'll have to strive for that again. So, which brings me to my favorite section, one of my favorite sections of the show. Snyder's Trivia Time with Brian. Now, is it going to be Thanksgiving-themed or Seattle-themed or sprinkling of both? This one's going to be more Seattle-esque this week. So, all right. I didn't want to bring up the bad memories of the Seattle Thanksgiving game. There's some good ones. Oh, no, (laughs) not that game. No, no, no that, 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 that John and I watched going, we are so overmatched in this game. And, yeah, yeah, seeing seeing Russell Wilson and Sherman eating turkey on the Niners. No. I mean, we just... Or way on, on bus. But, yeah, that was know, our bus first year. I am not going to blame... I'm not going to blame the 49ers. I'm not going to blame Sherman or the 49ers. I'm going to blame Trent Balky for that debacle because he it was the start of the, the end. There so, Balky, it's all your fault. I know you love to hate him. <laughs> all right. All right. Trivia question number one. Who does Tim make? Right, right, Balky. All right. Number one. So the NFL brought Seattle, uh, an NFL franchise, and that was it, 1975, 1976. Who was the lead family and what was their local business in the Seattle area that brought football to Seattle? Oh, Lord. Uh, You've heard of them. I will guarantee right. you've heard of them. And you've probably been there within the last, I'm going to guess within the last year. I don't, I'm just going to guess. But the Bo- the Boeing family, I flew on a plane that was a Boeing and Mr. <laughs> and Mrs. Boeing. Okay. Uh, I'll give you a, <laughs> don't know. You guys want to hit? Sure. Yes. <laughs> okay. Retail. That's all I'll say. All I can think of is the Nordstroms, and oh, that's the only one that comes in mind. Um, uh, they, they, they obviously Seattle do Seattle retail. The Seattle stores. Retail. I then I think yeah, I think John might be right. I think it might be Nordstrom. I think. Okay. Final answers. Sure. Sure. All right. Okay. I, I love how, I love how Brian closes like okay, just that little subtle. <laughs> <laughs> I can't believe you guys got that. Or boy, yeah. All right. Let's move on. All right. Number two. 
Name three of, actually, I should say this, name two of the three tenants pro teams to also play in the kingdom, as we previously noted, as the former home of the Seattle Seahawks. So name two of the three pro teams that played their uh, home games well, at the kingdom. The, the Mariners, the Seahawks, and the Supersonics. Supersonics play in the kingdom? I think so, for a couple of years. Yeah, any, any stabs at the, the last pro team? Probably the Seattle Sounders for soccer, if that was even, if they were part of it. So, okay. All right. Tim? I'll, I'll stick with the Sonics. All right. Let's move on. Number three. I think you guys are going to like this question. Name three players on the 94 Super Bowl team for San Francisco to play for Seattle after leaving San Francisco. There well, are one three is, players that I found. One is Jerry Rice. Mm. Ricky Waters. Didn't one of the eyes from the offensive line go over? Are you thinking Iopati? That, no, that, that was not Iopati. That was 94. Um, was, Martin Hanks uh, never went over, did he? I'm sorry, Brian. Were you giving us a hint? I was just, a, I was going to say something, but I kind of felt it might be too obvious. So I'm not going to say it anymore. So I'll go also, with Martin Hanks. I think, yeah, yeah I, th I think Martin Hanks. Okay. All right. So you say Ricky, Martin Hanks, and Jerry Rice. All right. Last yeah. question. The Niners are wearing one of our favorite jerseys, the 94 throwbacks this Thursday on Thanksgiving. What year did they, did that original throwback derive from? Give or take five years. I'll let you guys give a zone. I'm going to go 19. throwback from 94 is actually a throwback of a previous jersey from another time. I'll go 1954. I was going to say 1950 when they first joined the NFL. Final answers. Okay. 50 and 54. I'll write that down. All right. Let's All, right. All right. As we've been doing for the last several weeks, we like to have some opposing fans join us on Niners Talk. And I'm happy to welcome my friend, Chris Grothkop. I've known Chris for 20 years, 25, long time. But yeah, welcome, Chris. Thanks for having me. I, you know, I might as well talk about the game. I'm going to struggle watching it, but I'll enjoy talking. <laughs> well, we all struggle watching it. Yeah. So dude, tell us, how did you become a Seahawks fan? Good question. I think we landed here in around, I think, 1988. So like a day of like, you know, all the throwback jersey stuff we're doing now is kind of when I came into the Seattle area. I actually was a Chargers fan for a bit because we moved up from the from down in San Diego. But I think mm -hmm. getting up here, when I got here in 88, I was a middle school kid. You know, they're the local team. They have sweet looking jerseys with the Seahawks. It was like Steve Largent, Paul Scanzi, you know, that whole. You wanted to fit in with the popular kids. I get it. Middle school. <laughs> yeah, totally. Yeah. I was a new kid. Yeah. yeah just threw a jersey <laughs> on me. I don't even know who this team is. <laughs> but Kenny Easily, he's always been my favorite. Absolutely. Yeah. I think I, yeah, I basically, you know, I started watching him just because I wanted to just be miserable watching sports. So I figured why not? <laughs> <laughs> Amazing that you took up rowing as a sport. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. So, so you started in middle school and then got the bug and obviously 
the Seahawks had some success with Pete Carroll and Russell Wilson, and well, that pretty much helped solidify well, things. I have to say, if you if you were a Seahawks fan in the eighties and, and during yeah. the nineties, you had some hope with Holmgren. You know, you go into yeah. the Super Bowl against the Steelers. You had some bad calls go against you. I think the refs just decided that game that Bill Cower was going to get his one Super Bowl. <laughs> You know, and you know that that was just the way to it. But so you had some open the homegrown years, but yeah, then Pete Carroll come in, came in and wrote, I think twenty eleven. So he is now what in his twelfth year of coaching, yeah. Um, yeah, and they've been contenders every year. Yeah, it's been an interesting run of it. I, I agree. Yeah, like the homegrown stuff was great, you know, and I think that Pittsburgh one was just a you know that was a stab a stab in the heart. We were watching that game. I think I broke about three or four hats chucking them at things. <laughs> Well, it was actually funny. A good friend of mine was with us at the time. I remember that distinctly. We were sitting at my buddy's place in Green Lake and completely outplayed the Steelers in every sense of the word. I think Ralph won that game with like a 12 QBR. Truthfully, I thought was 12. Yeah, so that game was rough. But then I did get to attend the Super Bowl. Was it 48 in New York? Yeah, yeah, awesome. Because my brother works for the Hawks, so I was like tagging along for all the Super Bowl runs those last couple. So yeah, it was fun. Well, what does your brother do for the Seahawks? And tell us about the Super Bowl too. I love to hear them both of those things. Yeah, he's he actually just left the Hawks. (laughs) Just, but he'd been there for fifteen years. Yeah, he worked in corporate sponsorships, so he got to travel around and pick up different clients. You know, that did sponsorships, which was funny for him because being there fifteen years, you know, prior to Carol getting there and the winning is really kind of picking up. It was t- a tougher gig, right? Like, <laughs> hey, sure. yeah. spend money and go advertise to this team. And they're like, fine, you know. And then eventually when Pete got here and they went to the Super Bowl and was that year two or something of of Russ being around. And yeah, and then they're like batting people away. You know, I was just showing up and people who didn't want to talk to him were there. So for him, he had a pretty good gig. But yeah, that Super Bowl was a, was a I mean, it was one of those deals where it's like, I, I have to be at this thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I have to be at this deal. Like I, I, you know, I didn't go to Detroit. I really wasn't in a position to, but now I can. So I flew over there. So I think I was there for like a week and, you know, soaked up all the pre pre event stuff. I, I need to address the rumor here, Chris, that it's rumored that you actually a 49ers fan put you up with lodging, even though he had lost the NFC championship game. Is that rumor true? Put me up with lodging? Prior to the Super Bowl, I hear rumors that oh, someone in New Jersey. That is true. That's right, John. I did see you on that trip, didn't I? That was yeah. my day. Oh, you fed him too? Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> that is this right. was after the epic battle where, you know, Richard Sherman yeah. made, you know, the play of his career. And that was uh, the tipped, that was the tipped pass. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, well, of course. Kudos, to, kudos to you, John. I don't know if I would have done that. I'm just that bitter, but. <laughs> you know, I was focused mostly on the Super Bowl. Yeah, but it was uh, it was cold. It was super, super cold. I remember being worried, you know, that MetLife's outdoors, so it's like, mm-hmm. you know, freeze our ass off. But the weather ended up being pretty good that game. And it's funny, right, getting back to the Hawks, the Hawks mentality of, like, just being miserable because we're never going to win anything. It's like, I'm a Mariners fan, too, so, I mean, I might as well. <laughs> Well, <laughs> at least the Hawks went to the Super Bowl a few times, right? I remember at halftime, right? I think we were up, I don't know, what was it, 22 to zero, maybe, or something like that. I think at halftime, it was a huge lead. And none of us, we're all sitting there going, well, you know what the storyline is going to be? Peyton Manning has the biggest comeback. <laughs> you can see it tomorrow in the New York Times. Like, you right, know, right. none of us were, none of us were, 
were comfortable in the slightest. And then Percy Harvin returns the the opening kickoff of the second half for a touchdown. And then we just kind of drank the rest of the time. We, yeah, it was all right. Well, so, all right. Yeah. So at least we I got another idea. question for you. I got another question for you. Quick. Tell <laughs> us about true, tell us about the following Super Bowl the next year. Oh. <laughs> Hopefully, we just what hat like did, <laughs> should give it to Marshawn or throw that oh, pass. Oh. <laughs> I mean, hundred percent give it to Marshawn Lynch. I think we were like, what's, I mean, we were all already kind of celebrating this things over. We're on the, you know, one, one yard line here. We can do kind of whatever we want to do. And then, you know, when that happened, I think we were all kind of spinning around going, is that, did that happen? Was there like a rift in time? Was there like, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, like, can we just jump backwards, rewind, you know? Yeah, that was uh, that was a, just a torturous Super Bowl. Honestly, at the time when we were driving down, I thought that, you know, all right, you know, this is dynasty time. You know, after all those yeah. years, 20 years yeah. of being a fan, like, we're going <laughs> right. to be in the land of the Patriots. Or actually, early Niners, right? Like Super, Bowl, like, Super Bowls and runs all the time. And once that loss happened, it's like the team ate itself. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. So this year... How are you feeling this year about the, the Hawks? They got up to a pretty good start in there. Still got a winning well, record. I mean, the Hawks, if, if I could just chime in, the Hawks just sort of, I mean, they start off the season, they lose to the Rams. And then they, you know, they, they beat the Lions. And then they've sort of had this kind of Jekyll and Hyde look to them this year. Um, and even last week, uh, with Gina going out and coming back in, I was expecting them to come down and kick the game winning field goal. I just felt like they were just going, they were in, you know, prime position not to win it, but I haven't been able to get a, I, I think the Seattle has a good young team. Um, but it's just sort of been, you know, which team is going to show up a uh, week in and week out. Is it going to be the one who get the lions or is it going to be the one against the Ravens? So I, I can't put my thumb on this, but I'm sorry. I didn't mean to steal Chris's uh, analysis. I'm not trying to be Chris Grothow. It's tough. It really is. (laughs) Yeah, you know, it's funny with the Hawks. I was just talking to some friends about this. I have struggled, truthfully struggled, to sit down and watch the Seahawks games from probably the last two or three years of Russ's time there to the last two years, you know, with Gino at the helm. And I think the reason is because we don't suck. If we suck, mm-hmm. we just know we suck. And you can just kind yeah. of turn the game on and eat and drink and be like, oh, we won, yeah. And if you suck, you're like, yeah, we suck. You know, and you just kind of move on. It's kind of like Cougar fans up here in Washington. They kind of, Usually they just know they suck and they still watch the games. Like, But if they, they win the Apple Cup, it's, oh, it's on. It's, it's on. one twenty-five. They won the Apple Cup. <laughs> we did it. We did it. And uh, But we're not, you know, like, we're not dominating like, you know, the Niners have been doing, the Eagles have been doing, like other teams, like they just, they go into those games, they dominate, you know, the Hawks did back in, you know, 2013, like that yeah. game you watched and you just kind of had fun watching it because the defense was good enough. And, and I think I've struggled because I usually expect them to do worse. Then they surprise me and do a little bit better than you expect. And then they regress to the mean. <laughs> and so it's like, it's like this roller coaster, right? Like I, yeah. six, I, I, you know, six and three is a great, record going into that Rams game. It's like, okay, great. If you asked me to start a season when I take six and three for the Hawks, I'd be like, absolutely. I mean, there's plenty of games you could lose on that list, right? Leading up to that. But then you watch the Rams game, you're like, what? I mean, I had to get up and leave and go clean the garage for a minute. I just I could have just <laughs> that, that sounds like a pretty tall order. I mean you didn't yeah. say make the bed. You didn't say fold the laundry. You said I'm gonna clean the garage. That's like a yeah. seasonal job. It is. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
I get the leaf blower out and everything. Cannibal um, <laughs> coming. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so you're going to be at the game on Thursday on Thanksgiving. Yes. Correct. Yeah. So my biggest question for anybody who goes to a Thanksgiving game is, do they have Thanksgiving dinner there? Like, or is it just like you like hot dogs and beer? <laughs> we're going to find out. I bet you they have turkey legs. They usually have those turkey leg things, but I don't know. We'll see. You know, it's funny. I went to a, the whole family because my brother was working there, you know, and the Hawks, because they've been pretty good under Carroll, have gotten more mm-hmm. of those time spots. And that was a year, like probably four or five years ago, where they had the Christmas Eve spot. Mm. So we all went. There's like 25 of us or something, like the whole family, all my siblings and nieces and nephews and parents and grandparents, everybody went to the game. So in that game, they didn't have anything special. So I don't know what special you do on Christmas Eve, but uh, we'll see. Maybe they, maybe they'll have turkey. I don't know. I'll, I'll, I will have had a Thanksgiving breakfast, but I will not have had turkey and mashed potatoes and stuffing before I go to this game. So, so yeah, we'll see. We'll find out. Well, one of the things we always like to ask of folks is, you know, if you talk about, we talk about, you know, how you became a, a Seahawks fan, uh, but also, you know, one of your, you know, better memories of growing up and and john and i and brian have, have talked about you know growing up for us it was you know family being around the television you know a whole bunch of food or john and i working in summer jobs so we could afford season tickets to go see joe montana candlestick and so forth so just curious what are you what are some of your fondest memories of growing up and watching the seahawks or or even you know later when uh carol uh you know when they had bleach in a boom and, and and did you know win the super bowl yeah i mean it's a good question i think i mean i liked when I was a kid, I liked watching it for large and scanty. I just liked watching mm-hmm. the receivers. And so, and I always thought of myself, even though I'm a large person now, back then I was pretty <laughs> funny. <laughs> and so I always, you know, scans, would always come across the middle and get destroyed. So I always liked kind of that mentality. I like watching those games. I think the Super Bowl loss, you know, you remember the losses that Pittsburgh one sticks yeah. out of my mind for sure. And then a couple of the ones is actually the Niners game here. Not that one with the, the tipped interception. It was, I think, the year after. I think the Niners went to, it might have been 2012, maybe. I don't think it was a Super Bowl season. It might have been the season, the first season of, of Russ, where the Niners had gone to like the NFC Championship a bunch of years in a row or in, into a Super Bowl and was kind of the, the cream of the crop in the NFC mm-hmm. West and came up to Seattle and we had been losing all the games. And then we finally won that game. It was like, I forget, like 24 to three or something like that. that was oh, big... I think I remember that. That was like week two yeah. of 2013, and the yeah. Niners were coming off a big one against the Packers. Yeah, yeah. And that was like, oh, Seattle's for real. Yeah, and it so, was and, yeah. deafeningly loud. Mm-hmm. And I think it was, oh, I can't keep track of the names. I don't know. Quest Field, let's call it. Yeah. What, yeah. yeah. <laughs> what, like, what is called? it called? It's, it's Lumen Field now, right? It's Lumen Seahawks. Field. It's just, yeah. The Century Lake and Quest. And yeah. Lumen. You know, it's always ban- you know broadband providers, I suppose. <laughs> uh, but that game, I remember, like I mean, I went into the, I went into like a tunnel where there was nothing, like you know, some breezeway or something like that. There's no one around, and my ears were just completely ringing. So that was a fun, yeah. that was a fun game. I I like the events where you can kind of get into it. And back then, the Hawks had really not been great. It was kind of the start of Pete kind of trying to bring this thing back up. And so you had a lot of pent up excitement, right? Like I've been to some games in, you know, recent years and big games and maybe Niners games, but nothing's compared. I I don't think to that noise level. That was, 
deafening noise level. Well, I've yeah. only been to Lumen Field once, and that was in 2022, and the 49ers were up, and then Russell Wilson did what Russell Wilson always does. Is, yeah. Uh, you know, stage a, a great rally, but I would say one, yeah, I mean, the the noise level is unlike anything I heard, but, but secondly, it's a gorgeous stadium, and it's, it's yeah. in a perfect location in downtown, and, you know, I happen to work for a certain tech company out in, you know, Seattle there, so... Uh, Seattle is just, you know, it's a gorgeous, gorgeous city. And, you know, when they designed that stadium, they did it. They definitely did it right. So, and I cut Brian off, so I don't want yeah. to go back to him. Yeah. A question for you, Chris. So, you know, I've looked at the jerseys and they, they always look pretty nice. Like their color schemes always look nice since inception. Do you have any, uh, one, do you have any jerseys in your closet and what's your favorite one to wear to a game if you got one? And number two, can you tell us about life in the kingdom? Uh, did anything ever fall in your head uh, sitting over there? <laughs> the kingdom. Uh, the kingdom. It's actually, uh, okay, so the jersey thing. So I did, I had a Sherman jersey. That was the one during the Super Bowl runs. Wore it to the, wore it to the, to the Super Bowl win. So that one, I actually want to figure out how to get signed by Sherman if I can figure yeah. it out. I have some, I have some connections who work with them pretty closely. I'm hoping they can, they can hook me up. Although I have a Bobby Wagner throwback now. So I have the new throwback jersey with the Bobby Wagner. So I think that's my new favorite just because I like the throwback jersey. Mm-hmm. And I actually have an old Hasselbeck jersey in the, in the thing too. The ugliest, back when the color scheme, they kind of strayed from the the more, the, the newer stuff, which I like. But there was a, a between time. It's kind of like the old Mustang, right? The Mustang is cool now and it was cool a long ago and somewhere in the 80s and early 90s, it just like something along those lines, like, yeah, there was some years there. So I have quite a few. That is the best yeah. analogy I have ever heard. <laughs> Pretty you good. It, right? you yeah. yeah. Oh, I know the Mustangs. Yeah, the easy kind of, you know, yeah, what happens? Yeah. Yeah. Even the Corvettes right. probably fall into that thing, too. Um, <laughs> and then, yes, I mean, the Kingdom was great. I, we just kind of ran around that place as kids for Mariner games or for Seahawks games. And I never had any tiles fall in my head, although that story I do remember. The only, you know, the sound in there, it's tough for me to con- like compare it because it's different kind of being a kid and adult, but like just the way that that stadium was constructed, like you had to kind of go into it. You know how now stadiums, you can kind of be everywhere and see kind of a little yeah. what's going yeah. on. Yeah. And going inside of that concrete, you know, wart on the city. <laughs> okay. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, it was cool. I mean, it was loud. I think, it, you know, it was like, it, it, just thinking back, and it reminds me of the 80s because it had that hard AstroTurf. Remember, like the AstroTurf? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Sure. yeah. On concrete, you know, was, it, now the turf is like grass. And back then, you might as well be just playing out the street. But the noise there, I mean, it echoed off. And, you know, you had your big, uh, the big screen and out in what would have been left field for baseball that Big Mac hit his home runs off of when he'd come up here and play. And so I think for me, it's mostly, it just reminds me of how old I am primarily, but, <laughs> but, and I do prefer all the current stadiums, but it was good memories back then. I mean, it was kind of as a kid growing up, especially back in the eighties, early nineties, just kind of run around those places and just kind of had sure. free kind of go, you know, coming in and out. So it was good. Great. Cool. Any other questions for Chris or? 
No, I think I, I, I do want to throw this out. I think just to the entire group, somebody, I think I was reading on X or maybe Bleacher Report, but we are coming up. I think it's been nine or maybe even 10 years. Uh, it, it's coming January when the 49ers and Seahawks met in the championship and played that epic game where Sherman, you know, tipped the, uh, the pass from Kaepernick. Um, but somebody said, you know, if you pose a question to 49ers fans, of who they have fonder memories of. Is it Richard Sherman or Michael Crabtree? <laughs> and just about every Niners fan now is like Richard Sherman. <laughs> so really look at that. Yeah. Well, it's just, well, because I mean, Sherman came into the Niners yeah. in 2018, you know, he only, he's only with the Niners really for two years. He was injured most of 2020, but uh, he brought such uh, leadership and just veteran. He just set the tone of the defense and set the tone of the locker room, just both on and off the field. And I mean, still to this day, I think Fred Warner and others credit him for bringing in that just kind of mentality of how you play the game and what you need to do to get yourself ready for, uh, for football. So, I mean, you still see four and Sherman jerseys, um, you know, throughout the stand. So it, it's, it, it is amazing things turn out. <laughs> so, well, I mean, yeah. Him going there, you know, and that being the jersey I have, I was like, oh, my God, now i got to wear a jersey of a guy who's with the Niners. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so that was troubling. And actually, you know, last year I was at the Thursday night game. Because um, mm -hmm. my, my sister-in-law, I mean, John, you know this, Chris, and mm -hmm. she she's doing the game. So we're like, oh, we'll go watch her do the game. You know, it'll be fun. And that game, we just got rolled over. And then, of course, we want to stick around, you know, and say hi to her and wave at her down when they do the post-game thing. The Niners just romped all over the Hawks. So, like, there's no Hawks fans. It's just I am yeah. standing with my wife and in, in a sea of <laughs> trying to get, you know, hey, yeah. hey, <laughs> are feeling <laughs> themselves right now. <laughs> you know, there's like yeah. Piddles coming yeah. out and forget who they brought out with them, but whoever this is. Holy Purdy. I think it was, I think it was, I think it was Purdy because. He had only been quarterback at that point for maybe two or three games, I think. Yeah, it was. It's it was something else. I'm like, okay, we can survive this. Just stand here and smile. <laughs> <laughs> well, Ugh. Chris, man, it was good catching up. We wish you the best this weekend. Uh, Happy Thanksgiving. Have a great yeah, Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Yes. Yeah, yeah, good luck the rest of the way, except for on Thursday. Yeah, and the, and the, and the and two weeks. Sundays after that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we got we have all bird. It's all birds for the next three weeks. Seahawks, Seahawks. Seahawks. If we happen to limp our way into the playoffs, you guys won't have anything to do with us anyway. You'll be cruising off to some like by not plus saying a word. Else. I'm not saying a word. <laughs> just no. no what, Tim? Just jump into this thing. Just I yeah. would love to jump in this thing, but as you know, I, I tend to be a skeptic, like, you know, the coin toss, like that's it. We're going to lose it. That, it's over. It's over. So, <laughs> but I go with what works more skeptical. I am the better they seem to do. So don't break the mojo. Yep. Exactly. And the heartburn, and the heartburn stays under control. Understand <laughs> that too. Yeah. When the, when the schedule came out, we looked at Seahawks Thanksgiving. My daughters were like, are you serious? <laughs> what daddy, at least. No, it'll be actually, we'll be in, we'll be at pie time by then. So, but all the people in Seattle are like, so it's okay. I can watch the game in my lap. Right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's I mean, That's right. John, I'm not even thinking about that. That's true. That game's at five o'clock, right? So you're going to be, mm -hmm. you might be yeah. passed out. You might be asleep. 
I'll be tryptophan. Someone tell me if we won. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I'll be like, well, you have to eat turkey and drink copious amounts of wine for every game because that's how they win. That's it. <laughs> cool, man. Well, thanks for joining us for this. This is awesome. Yeah. Hey, thanks for inviting me on. Good luck. And we'll, uh, we'll hopefully see you guys after the regular season's over. Thanks, Greg. Best to you. Yeah. Best to the family. See you guys. See you. Take care. Later. Cool. All right. Well, we want to thank Chris for being on Nyers Talk. And now we get into Seahawks week. So, Brian, initial thoughts on beating the, the Seahawks? This is a game we all like circle on our calendars. We all want to, I mean, it, it's just, this is the week. I think just like see, just like the Dallas game, this is another team you kind of just get all riled up to watch. And the fact that it's on Thanksgiving will have it in the background. I'm just excited to watch it. I'm excited to see it. And, you know, hopefully the, the Niners will take care of business that day. What am I looking forward to? I think the one thing we always kind of recognize over there is that Seattle has a loud stadium. And I think the way mm -hmm. that it's built acoustically, they, uh, when they break the records against, you know, all their teams that they play against in terms of crowd noise, mm -hmm. but definitely you want to take them out of the game right at the instant. Um, that was one thing I actually was going to put down on this list, but you had it there first. Definitely just get the crowd out of the game. You know, if we can score the first touchdown, I think we had a really good statistic at our, earlier that we were really good at our first touchdowns to start the game and our first possession. Definitely want to do that right away. Mm -hmm. The crowd will slow and, um, you know, that won't be as uh, intimidating, I guess. Uh, I don't know if that's the right word, but it definitely won't be as loud. So. Yeah, well, I know you look forward to this game about as much as you look to for a root canal Root canal world. world. Oh, <laughs> jinx. <laughs> But it has to happen. Um, it has to happen twice it, a year. It has to happen so, this year. It's happening on, on a Thursday holiday. No, it's it's Seattle. Uh, we know it's going to be a dogfight. And, and you never look past the Seahawks, ever. Even never. years they've struggled. They're, they're just a team that Pete Carroll is going to have ready and he's going to have them uh, believing. And I think the Niners' offensive line, you know, with their... There's some question marks about the health. How are they going to perform in a loud environment? They're going to have to perform the snap uh, the silent count. And I think also with Nsonga uh, being out, the Niners corners and safeties are going to be uh, tested. Seattle has got two great receivers in uh, Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. And they're two tough physical receivers. So Niners are going to be tested on that, which means the pass rush has to get to Geno Smith, who I fully anticipate is going to play on Thursday night. I haven't seen any reports that suggest uh, otherwise. But uh, the 49ers, uh, 49ers uh, defensive line has got to get pressure on Geno Smith. You know, if they can sort of repeat what they did last year where they got off to a fast start, built up a 21-3 lead, and were able to more or less coast to the end. I think that'll be the key uh, uh, to the victory there. But I would say one other thing is that Pete Carroll, he is known for trick plays. He is known for pulling something unexpected that you didn't have on film. We saw that uh, a couple of years ago in 21 up in Seattle where Niners had stopped. Uh, it was the opening possession. Four Niners had stopped him on what appeared to be a three and out, and he ran a fake punt. And nobody oh, saw yeah. that coming. Yeah. So... You got to be on your toes uh, with this guy. And it's like, and if you get on him, you just, it's like, you know, hitting a, what's the expression hitting a flea with a sledgehammer. You cannot let up. 
Otherwise, that team will come back. So it's going to be a dogfight. It's going to be on national television. Huge implications, not only for NFC playoffs, but for the division. Yeah, the quick turnaround is something that is causing this a little bit of like, okay, what what exactly is going to happen? Because I watched a decent amount of the Seahawks-Rams game. Seahawks had control of that game. Geno gets knocked out. All of a sudden, the Rams come back. The Rams had a masterful drive to the end to take the lead. Uh, and then um, Geno gets them into to field goal range, and Myers missed it. So there's a lot of fight in that team. It's just a question, okay, who's going to be available to play, both on the Niners and the Seahawks? But yeah, I am uh, I'm fully anticipating a battle. Um and they're six and four, we're seven and three, and they've won some really ugly, grimy games, and the Niners haven't. Uh, the Niners have been when they've won, they've won you know, by two scores or more. We could have gotten that grimy game in Cleveland, but Jake missed. So uh I'm fully anticipating a battle, but it's a battle I think the Niners can win. We used to go into Seattle and be like, well, we have no chance. But uh, <laughs> this is why I think they can they can win and and really really give it uh, get a two two game lead going into December uh, and then and then look to see where else they can improve their playoff position. But you know how are the Niners going to do this? Well, we have to get to our keys to victory. So as Brian mentioned, we got to get that crowd out of the game. You know, I've been there. Tim has been there. It is a loud crowd. It is right over the field. Um, so you get them out of the game. You make them think like, maybe I should go home and eat turkey. That will, <laughs> that will help. <laughs> so, Tim, any other keys you see? Uh, I think the only thing is that, you know, I was reading, I think, David Lombardi uh, today on X and he had talked about that, you know, the last three games last season in, in 2022, uh, the 49ers had a substantial, I think the highest number of pressures against Seattle than they did against any other team. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we saw that, you know, in, in all those, well, I think, you know, in all three phases, you know, if you look at the, the game, uh, the two regular season games and the playoff game. The 49ers were able to get out to uh, a faster and they were able to pressure uh, Geno Smith effectively. There are some question marks along the Seattle offensive line. So I think that matchup bodes well for the 49ers. But, you know, as we've seen other teams do against the 49ers, they've run screens, they've run, you know, misdirections. They try to gash the 49ers on first down. And that's an area that 49ers are going to have to correct. So... Mm-hmm. If they're able to, you know, to, to win on first down, get Geno in second and 10, I think they'll be more in position to pin their ears back. You can unleash Bosa. You can unleash Chase Young, you know, maybe Randy Edwards or, uh, you know, Farrell, who's been, I think has been playing very well the last few weeks, mm-hmm. can make the, make the difference. So I'm also going to be, you know, I, I, like I said, I fully anticipate Geno Smith uh, to play. We're going to you know, obviously watch him closely to see what his accuracy is like from that arm, what his arm strength is like on that. So it's possible we could see Drew Locke, um, but you know I think Gino's a Gino's a, Gino is um, he was comeback player of the NFL for the reason for a reason last year. He's a fighter, and I I think barring any sort of horrific injury, he's going to stay on that field until someone pulls him off. 
Yeah, and I mean, watching the Rams Seahawks game, I mean, he yeah. put himself back in and yeah, let him down and you know, yeah, threw a dime to Metcalf. It was so. Lockett, or it was Lockett, or I can't remember who, but yeah, I remember yeah. that play. Yeah, Brian, and then also, you know, one other injury that's um, that we haven't talked about is Kenneth Walker. He's their running yes. back, who's yeah, really, really good, and he's supposed to be out. Um, this game with an yeah. oblique injury. So yeah. I don't I don't think there's expectation that he's going to play. But, you know, that's something we have to worry about. We when we see the Seahawks like in two weeks, is he gonna be back then? Because he is a really good runner. And I think he's got over six hundred yards for the season. So he's he's someone we got to contend with uh in the future down the line. Yeah, for me, one of my keys to victory is let Brock Purdy cook. Um yeah. you know it's it's again, I, I, I don't know what, what quite, I'll know obviously when we watch it, but as we talked about before, what he's been very, very good at doing is, is throwing these balls over the layers of the defense into the, the spots, the perfect spots. And where we've seen the Niners have some issues is when they, they try to do the CMC show on first and second. So, you know, let, let Purdy do the play action and let him, Throw the throw the ball over the layers, um, run your own trick plays. I remember last year there was that great trick play with Kittle. You fake mm. left, fake right, Kittle down the middle. Um, it was wide open. It was wide open. So I'd love to see, oh, yeah, something like that. But I think, um, yeah, let let Purdy cook. But that just opens up a lot more for CMC to do his his deal when they hand him off the ball. Tim, any other keys that you can see for us to have a happy end to Thanksgiving? We win. <laughs> that's a just, very Eric, Eric Dickerson way of you to say it. Yeah. Let's yeah. <laughs> take a victory. <laughs> you win. No, I, you know, this is, this is, hey, you're a super, if you're going to contend for the Super Bowl, these are the games you got to win. Yep. Brian? You know, with, uh, Another thing that that's on this list here is is both with Hufanga being out, and I was thinking about this too. It's like who's going to who are the Niners going to bring into blitz? You know, I know um, Isaiah Oliver hasn't really played all that well, and that's why he's kind of been removed as some of the, as one of the um, safety scoring positions. But yeah, if you bring him in there to blitz, I think that, and I think the Niners did that a couple times, kind mm-hmm. of in the last game. So you'd like to see that happen again. Obviously, you can't do that all the time. But um, yeah, he he's he's. I think that's that's definitely going to happen. I'm going to see that somewhere, shape or form. Wilkes is going to squeeze that play in there a couple times um, just to put some extra pressure on on Gino, on Gino for the day. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. I think um, I think you'll see the Niners get after. I like the idea of Isaiah Oliver kind of taking the huff role of of blitzing or being around the line, and then you know seeing what they can do with Jair Brown and and Lenore. And then the last thought, now that we're a little way off of the Seahawks, what do you guys both think about Jason Barrett potentially becoming a Niner again? I mean, he, we, we obviously, we know him. He knows the system. Uh, I don't think Wilkes has done anything um, that he wouldn't recognize coming in. Uh, maybe the 49ers could just, I think 49ers could, could probably use the help, but we shall see. You know, and the times that he's played, John, I remember he's been really, really good. And but, um, you know, and, and he, he's got he's injury prone, mm-hmm. um, and he's he seemed to be get he seemed to be getting hurt 
every like once a year. Um, he's kind of like, I don't know, like Emmanuel Mosley always seemed to be getting hurt. Mm-hmm. And that's the only concern I have. But I mean, I know he's a good person. He, he sounds like a great player, a great teammate. He knows he knows the coaching staff and I'm sure he'll fit well. Um, but I, I guess there's really no downside this late in the season to be bringing somebody in um, of his caliber since he just, you know, left Houston. So, yeah. yeah I mean, uh, he was on the Houston practice squad. I don't see him making the 53-man roster. Or, I mean, you never know, or he might get called up. But uh, it would be a nice storybook ending for him to be part of, of this team and kind of come yeah. full circle. So, That's true. Uh, but it is a business, and, you know, we'll see. So, well, Brian, we are thankful for your trivia. So you want to give us the answers so we can see? This was a little harder than most weeks, I got to say. Well, let's see. Let's see if you got these ones right. So number one, who was the lead family and what was their local business that brought football to Seattle in 1975-76? And I gave you guys the hint of retail and Mm -hmm. both you guys said? Nordstrom. You are absolutely correct. It was the Nordstrom family. (laughs) All right. All those Uh, years of going up to the... Marin Mall Village, whatever the village, the village. The, village. Yeah, the, <laughs> the only Nordstroms I've ever been in. You know, all those years paid off. Thank you, John. You're welcome. Then, there you go. Let's see. Name two of the three tenants, other than the Seahawks, to play their uh, pro tenants, I should say, to play their games at the Kingdom. So you guys said uh, the Mariners, the Seahawks, mm-hmm. and Supersonics. Right. And I said also the Seattle Sounders. You guys got it. Four for four. That's absolutely right. There you go. So I think NASL was the league, but precursor to the MLS. So Mm -hmm. the Seattle Sounders were part of that. And so they're absolutely right, John. And then the Sonics, they were there for maybe six or seven years in the late 70s, early 80s. And I think Mm -hmm. they, they didn't win the championship in that facility, but their championship winning team played there that year. So good call. All right, number three, name three players on the 94 team to play for Seattle after leaving San Francisco. So I think right off the bat, Tim, you got, you and you and John got uh, the great work. Jerry, the go yeah, Jerry Rice. Yeah, Jerry Rice and Ricky okay. Waters. Okay, and uh, who'd you guys say was the last one? Merton uh, Hanks. Hanks. Absolutely right. He did play one. there, I think, in his last <laughs> season. It was either 99 or 2000. He played there for one year. Um, but it's, wasn't, I felt like that was always like the, after somebody got cut from the Niners, they were going up to Seattle for some shape, whatever form they were headed up there, but you're right. Martin Hanks. So good. Kind of like the dolphins now. I mean, how many X Niners (laughs) are on the dolphins? Yeah. Cool. All right. But I actually, I found, I found that one. I actually, I found that question really interesting because you could just talk how many players today, like Carlos Hyde. Um, Julian Peterson, all mm-hmm. these guys went back. Boy, okay, last one. Niners wearing the '94 throwbacks this Thursday uh, for Thanksgiving. What year did they originally get that throwback from? Um, I'll give with you guys within a five-year period. But John, you said 1954. Okay, Tim, I said 1950. You guys were both within the five years. It was actually in the, the 1955 team. Oh, so uh, yeah, all right, yeah. There, we go. there you go. So hopefully um, that'll bring good luck. This 
Thursday. Yeah. So um, I'll leave you. So I'll leave you with my final thought and I'll let you guys. Uh, I was watching an interview with Fred Warner and Dre Greenlaw where Dre Greenlaw was talking about getting recruited by Paul, Pete Carroll. He's like, all that guy was doing was chewing gum and tell me a cool story and then left. I didn't think they were going to draft me. <laughs> he said, you know, the next year was his rookie year with the Niners. And Fred was like, you know, the tight end went across Fred. Fred was like, oh, no, it's touchdown. Russ is throwing it. And Fred just said, I just heard, wow. Uh, turn around, there's Drake Greenlaw stopping that guy short. And I remember to this day, it was, it was New Year's Eve. We were downstairs in Tim's basement and watched that game. And like, I don't think he got in. I don't think he got in. Play the replay one more time. I don't think he got in. I still look at that replay. I'm like, no, this time they're going to score. Yeah. That was such an epic, that was an epic, epic game. That was crazy. So that's my final thought. It, that's a good, if you guys see it, Fred and Dre on, on there, what Fred talks about that play and that made Dre Greenlaw and of course brought back the next, you know, because they know number one team two weeks later, Dan Buns comes and rings the horn to get it going because it's number 57. So Brian, final thoughts for the week for Thanksgiving Ooh. week. Well, Thanksgiving, we always, it's, I don't remember the last Thanksgiving game. Do you guys, um, the Ravens, was, was it the Ravens? I thought it was. Yeah. Oh, no, you're oh, right. It was, it was the Seahawks. It was we, Seahawks. We're just, yeah. We're just forgetting just, about I've that. I've just, I've just chosen to forget that. Yeah. 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 That was Harbaugh's first year. I remember. I remember yeah. That. The Ravens was yeah. the first year. Yeah. Um, I'm looking forward to this game. You know, as we always say, Thursday night games. You want to win those because you don't want to stew over a loss for 10 days. So just get this win. They're, uh, it might be high, but they're seven point favorites right now. But let's just make sure they just come out with the victory. Um, you know, they're a better team on paper. Uh, so knock on wood, hopefully they'll, they'll uh, show their true colors and, and take care of business on Thursday. So. Yeah. I'm as our resident Seattle hater and pessimist <laughs> i i will leave you with the the final final thought happy thanksgiving <laughs> about the night be a, to be a happier thanksgiving <laughs> okay. i'll be thankful for that so if on we that win this note, game oh. we'll be up two games right so no, yes. don't say that don't say yeah. that you said it I thought yeah. someone say that already. i said if they win yeah, yeah. If they win don't mess with the mojo Anyway, all I just want to say to everyone who's uh, been listening to the last, this is our 21st podcast, which is hard to believe. Thank you and for tuning in and listening. We really like doing this and uh, we're really thankful to have you all as uh, fans and followers and listeners. So thank you everyone out there. Have a wonderful Thanksgiving and go Niners and keep the faith. And we'll talk to you in December. Thanks for listening to Niners Talk. Stay faithful.